Hello, and welcome to Digital Marketing Musings. We've got an exciting episode today with Melody Petula. She's a director on the SEO team at Merkle and has been in the SEO industry for several years. She works with a variety of clients, including brands in retail, tech, Marcom, and more. Today, Melody is going to share her thoughts on what's up next for SEO, including mobile indexing, user experience, web vitals, and personalization of content as we gear up for the next wave of complexity for SEO in 2021. Melody, welcome to our show, um, and thanks for, for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, so I guess our biggest question that we've been asking our guests lately is, what do you think is going to be happening in 2021 and for, for you, for SEO in, in particular? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot happening in the SEO industry in general. Um, so in my opinion, I think next year is really going to be the next evolution of complexity when it comes to SEO and Google's um, methods of kind of understanding and scoring websites. I think we've already started to see the beginnings of that complexity with the introduction of core web vitals that are now coming into the algorithm next year. Um, and to me, that really reads as Google being able to, to figure out and understand metrics that they can tie to site speed and better understand that in a way that they can integrate it into the algorithm. So in my opinion, next year, I think we're going to see a lot more of that starting to happen. Um, one example would be with EAT signals, expertise, authority, trustworthiness. I think that's really been kind of a, a black box in SEO thus far. Everyone likes to talk about it. No one really knows how it can possibly be measured. And so to me, the core web vitals are really kind of the first indication of how they might start measuring something like that. So with core web vitals, they kind of did it through Google products. They can use the, the Google user experience report, Chrome experience report to measure that. And so I think I've been seeing some tests on my side being run in, in the search results that could indicate more uh, methods of measuring some of those EAT signals that could potentially roll out next year. Um, just as someone who doesn't work in SEO, um, can you just talk a little bit more about core web vitals and exactly what they are and maybe a couple more examples? Yeah, so core web vitals are, like I said, I mean, it, in essence, they are metrics for measuring site speed. So Google has come out with three specific metrics that they are going to be looking at to measure the time that it takes a page to load or when it visually starts loading, the visual stability of a site, um, and, and those are kind of, and the interactivity of a site. So those are, all three of those components are kind of speaking to um, how good of a UX it's bring, bringing specifically for mobile devices. Um, so those metrics currently can be reported on through tools like Google Search Console or other site speed tools that Google has, but they are not currently in the algorithm. And mm -hmm. next year, we're going to start seeing those three metrics in particular feeding into the algorithm. I think there's still a little mystery around how exactly that will happen, especially for sites that maybe don't get as much traffic and don't have um, where Google's not necessarily recording numbers uh, for all three of those metrics in their own reports. But generally speaking, I think there's a lot of 
fear and anxiety around what this means for sites that really haven't <laughs> prioritized site speed or the core web vitals up until this point. Like anything, Google has a bit of everything shrouded in mystery. <laughs> yes, indeed. This is no different. <laughs> cool. Uh, and the one question that we've been, or I guess, asking a lot of our different guests is if this impacts different verticals and if it's more enterprise or um, just small businesses, like who, who needs to be concerned about the core web vitals and EAT? Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult question to answer. Core Web Vitals, certainly everyone. I mean, I think everyone at this point needs to be prioritizing their mobile experience. They need to be prioritizing site speed and just usability more broadly. Um, and we will see that have an impact on performance when the Core Web Vitals get added to the algorithm. But EAT and these more user-focused metrics, I think, um, Google's kind of come out saying that it might impact some industries more than others, but then when we talk about industries, they're talking about any industry or website that could impact the money you spend or your health or your finances, which covers pretty much everything. So, um, you know, I, I definitely think this is the way the industry is moving. It might take a little bit longer than just next year, but um, over the coming years, I absolutely think that just user experience in general, especially on mobile devices for all websites, will become increasingly important. Yeah, I know in SEM, we have a, an aspect of quality score uh, that's landing page experience. So I wonder how long it actually takes for some of these things that get rolled out first to be weighted in SEO to then be incorporated into um, affecting SEM as well. and, and uh, ding our CPCs in some way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've been asking a lot of questions about that as well and, and where the overlap is between on-page content and the quality of your content that you have on the website and how that can uh, interact with paid search, for example. And can we increase quality scores by performing optimizations that we would be doing on the SEO side anyways, just to mm -hmm. improve overall content quality. So I, I definitely think the gap between them is getting smaller, um, as well as the gap between what would be considered SEO and something a bit more um, testing focused, like UX or personalization. I think all of those are kind of coming together. It's mm. a really good point. Yeah, I definitely think that can be an interesting test over time of like, how they all play together and what impacts, I guess maybe where we can see the first impacts first. Absolutely. Um, so you talked to SEO specifically. Do you have any other themes or predictions for 2021 for just digital marketing as a whole? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think similar to what I said about SEO, SEO getting more complex, Google getting more sophisticated, to me, next year is really going to be about sophistication in many different areas of digital marketing. Um, Google's getting more sophisticated in how they can understand websites. The ad landscape is getting more sophisticated. The organic search results themselves are getting more sophisticated. There are more features than ever before, and we're even seeing more features being tested on a, a regular basis that could be rolled out to stay at any moment. Um, media targeting is getting more sophisticated as we move into a cookie-less future. I think there's 
there's really going to be a lot at play there. And the big players in the space, the big websites, I think it's it's really going to be critical for them to prioritize that evolution. Um, look for more sophisticated ways to target in media. And overall, everything is really just kind of getting a bit more personalized. Um, personalization is actually like website personalization is one area that we've seen to be growing as well in interest. So I think just the overall sophistication of the landscape is going to encourage especially the big players to adopt more innovative thinking across the board. I also think it's going to make it difficult for the smaller players. Um, you know, there's a lot of very expensive ways to play now, and it does take a lot of money to kind of cover all of your bases. So I think that's going to be really important to think about. How can we be smarter um, and more efficient in how we're, we're spending money and really hyper-target our target audience? And understanding who that audience is is really just more important than ever going into next year. Is there... Um a brand or a client uh, that you see who is leaning into that like more sophisticated approach or more personalized approach really well? Like, could you give an example of some of the things that they're doing? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I don't know if I have an example off the top of my head, but I've seen a lot of um, interesting ways that different companies are leveraging personalization, whether that's um, you know, just making small tweaks to the way a landing page appears to change calls to action to be more relevant to the, the target audience or um, adding content that's customized that's specific to a target audience. I've been talking to some of my clients about maybe testing into interesting ways to kind of provide large amounts of content that are intended for different audiences, but maybe personalize it so that the content that shows first is um, throttled or toggled based on uh, some sort of personalized targeting that you have. And I, I think that there's some interesting intersections there that people haven't really thought about much with how to do personalization in an SEO friendly way that could be really interesting as well. You know, still maintaining all of that content on a page and essentially creating the ability to kind of provide even more content than we typically would, but just mm -hmm. changing the way we show the content to the user. You know, maybe the less relevant content is behind a tab, for example, um, versus showing, you know, one of four variants that's on a tab first, depending on which user we know is, or is hitting the site. So um, I don't know. I've, I've got a lot of ideas around this. I think we're still a little early with the... Uh, SEO optimized personalization discussion, but hopefully if you ask me that question again next year, I'll have lots of examples to share. We will definitely have to follow up at the end of the year with how all of our predictions played Absolutely. out. <laughs> For sure. Cool. I For think sure. um, one other thing I do want to share that I think is a bit scary from the SEO perspective, but I do foresee kind of um, being a symptom of this complexity, especially in search, is click-through rates. I mean, I think that last year we started to see falling click-through rates across the board, especially for brand um, brand click-through rates for many of my clients, which had really never happened before. And we have a lot of theories about why that was, but it doesn't change the fact that they definitely fell. And then we s started to see non-brand click-through rates fall in many different areas. And I think that 
one of the reasons for that is just the complexity and the sophistication that Google's bringing into the search results. I mean, I think that um, we're starting to see the beginnings of Google becoming a destination rather than just a search engine. And all the different features that they're rolling out makes it really easy to just kind of find the information you need or at least reduce the number of options that you're considering to help you answer a question. And as a user, I can't say that I'm mad about that. I mean, when, I, when you have 50,000 options to choose from on Google and you're really just looking for the best option to solve a single simple problem, um, it is an intriguing experience to have them show you what they consider to be only the top answer or the top handful of answers, you know. So I think that that's going to have serious implications in organic search and ultimately is, is going to really make it more important than ever to rank at least on page one, preferably in the top position. I mean, I think those top three positions we've already seen starting to have pretty significantly higher click-through rate than um, positions below the fold versus prior years. But I think that that's really going to continue to, to ramp up in the future. And I want to break that's down... That's actually something I've been talking about with my... Oh, sorry, Andrea. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, I, I want to break down <laughs> a, a couple of the things that you touched on just so someone who's less familiar um, would know how to think about that. So just starting from the top, brand and non-brand, um, take Macy's, for example. So if you go on Google and you search Macy's, you're searching a brand term for Macy's. Or if you're searching for women's dresses and a Macy's ad shows up, that shows up in a non-brand space. So what you're saying is particularly on brand queries, the click-through rate, so the amount of times that people go actually click on the ad or the listing and they go to the site is going down because there's other features that Google's created to kind of like answer whatever the problem is that or the question that the consumer has right on the landing, or that, that SERP, that landing page that they see when they type in say like Macy's order returns and maybe there's like a pop-out box that like or I'm using the wrong terms but like a box at the the top for SEO that tells you like um, send orders back to this location or call this number for customer service so someone can automatically do that right from the information on the Google SERP versus going through and um, clicking all the way onto the Macy's site. Is that what you're describing? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think there are a lot of causes. Certainly the, the answer boxes, we usually refer to them as quick answers or featured snippets, but those are the, the little answer boxes you get at the top of the search results. I mean, I think when those started to be really prevalent, that certainly did um, change the way users used search. They could find information really quickly and easily and be convinced much more so than just with the typical listings that a page had the answer that they were looking for. Um, and in many instances, maybe it didn't even need to go to that page at all if they were looking for just something that was true or false. Um, but I think there are other instances too. I mean, I think I've seen with my clients that with Google automated bidding um, and the Google technology that kind of um, determines what version of an ad to show, it's gotten better and it's able to show more effective ads that are more compelling. Maybe they have official in the name mm -hmm. and that simple change seems to attract a much higher click-through rate and that click-through rate 
can very easily take clicks that would have otherwise gone to organic if the ad had been less compelling. Um, so that's just one example. I think also though, users are getting more used to or okay with um, clicking on ads in general than if we had looked 10 years ago. So I know myself as a user, sometimes it's just easier to type out a really long string of exactly what I'm looking for and just scroll through all the products that Google gives me in the ads to see who's selling exactly what I'm looking for, especially if, if I am looking for something very specific and I can see, okay, well, three different companies are selling exactly what I want. And then I can just either do another search for that company or just click straight through the ad. And so that's kind of creating a culture that I think will persist because it's good for the user where you don't even have to look through organic search results anymore. I mean, Google's spoon feeding you the exact products that you want and you don't have a need to necessarily go through the organic search results anymore. And that's a dangerous game to play. I mean, there's a lot of um, competitors that aren't participating in those ads. And so you might miss something that's really cool or you might miss small businesses, mm -hmm. you know, sellers that are selling on Etsy might not have the budget to spend to compete on some of those things, but might be a much more interesting product for what you need. So, um, but that's just another example of how, you know, the evolution of marketing in general, specifically in search has had a dramatic and profound impact on the way people interact with organic search. I know um, from my own client set that particularly on automated bid strategies for, with Google products, whether it's in engine or SA 360, um, what you're talking about for like DSAs where like it's a, it's a text ad looking uh, listing on, on the Google or Bing um, landing pages is it, dynamically inserts different terms into the ad copy in a way that when you're manually setting up um, non-DSAs, just standard text ads, it does it in a way that's hyper-personalized, hyper-tailored to those long-term uh, searches like you're describing. So the combination of automated bidding and DSAs really um, does allow us to scale uh, much more effectively. Yeah, see, sophistication, yeah. it's already happening. It's, I think it's <laughs> just gonna get harder for us out here in organic <laughs> next year. One question I've been wondering a lot about is as SEOs, if we need to start adjusting how we're measuring visibility and like what we're like, mm. what's like the win that we're trying to go for. Um, and almost maybe it's more impression-based than um, strictly click-through and, and those sorts of things. Because I mean, like you think about like the zero click SERP, which was a big, big thing like about a year ago and the news within the industry um, and just how that's kind of changing based off of the, the Google SERP and the layout and the rich features and all these sorts of things that we're talking about. So I, that's just a question I've been wondering about myself, just yeah, how to, to quantify SEO, I guess. I mean, I think it's a good question because I agree with you. I do think that Organic traffic is usually what we're going for, and that isn't always the most effective way to hit the bottom line. Um, I have seen instances firsthand where we might increase traffic by 50% and our revenue sees a, the tiniest bump I've ever seen. That's definitely not equivalent to 50%. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I think it's a good question. And I think that SEO can play a role 
within the the full customer journey that's beyond just capturing the click. Certainly that brand visibility and brand awareness can be important to certain types of brands that um, might need that. In my opinion, I think the more interesting piece to look at is conversion potential. I think that's really an area that's been undervalued in SEO historically. Um, and we can reach across the aisle to our friends in paid search and usually get really clear <laughs> conversion data by keyword that we do not have access to in organic search. And that can help us make uh, better decisions about which keywords we target and which keywords we go after. I mean, it's not always the best bet to just target whatever has the most searches. Our audience might not be looking for that specific keyword. We might get higher conversions if we target something that's a bit more relevant or nuanced to the way that they search or the types of products that they're searching for, even if it's lower volume and doesn't have as many people searching it. Um, I think one other kind of more subjective feature is intent and really looking at the intent of the keyword. You know, is, are people just searching a specific type of flower because it's trending right now and people want to learn what that flower is because it's a really crazy type of flower or are they searching it because they want to buy it. Mm. Those are two very different intents and I think it's really important to think about that and to actually look at the search results and see what comes up when someone types that in to see if the intent that we're trying to capture matches the intent that Google's telling us it's, it's giving to this keyword. Um, and that all of those pieces put together can just help us make smarter decisions that can ultimately result in more revenue or higher rankings for less competitive terms. Definitely. Well, um, Gaia, any other follow-up questions for Melody? I don't think so. Not from my side. Cool. Melody, any last thoughts you want to share with, with us? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to 2021 and seeing what comes of it. I mean, I think it's it's an exciting time overall. Um, I guess for anyone listening or watching, I would say just pay attention to mobile. If I can give you one piece of advice, it's it's pay attention to mobile. Look at mobile first. <laughs> do everything you do with mobile in mind. Um, and I think we'll we'll come out of 2021 okay. A hundred percent. I think that's definitely good advice. Well, thank you so much, Melody. Thanks, Melody. Thank you.